Hello and welcome to In The Back Pocket is the season. Preview show 2024 is upon us for the AFL season. Can't wait to get into it. So we're going to go through every team one by one to have a look at their season over and under. A brown low is in there as well. Coleman Medal and also the Rising Star. And with this, speaking of stars, we've got some superstars in here to get us through it. Isaac Smith. How many premierships did you win? Four. Four. That's a bit selfish, isn't it? How many do you get? None. (laughs) Four. Massive premiership hangover last year, though, for the Cats. Congratulations. (laughs) Kate McCarthy, All-Australian AFLW. Yeah, I didn't win a premiership either, Brownie, so I'm with you there. Close. um, Yeah, lost two, so good at losing grand finals. Um, Yeah, so that's good to have on your resume. And Mike Tyson down the end. Not far off his great boxing match. We're off to a hot start in here. Nice little dig out you from these two. So ready to go and fight up for a big season. How many betting companies have you worked for now? Because you just seem to be hopping for the dollar. There is only one betting company that matters, and that (laughs) is Sportsbet, Brownie. Okay, that is Kane Corns. He's going to be with us all season on In the Back Pocket, as are these two. Okay, let's get straight into it. Adelaide first up. Had a great season towards the end of last year, probably should have played finals. 11 wins last year. How do we see them? I'm all in, Brownie. I'm going the over for for Adelaide at 12 and a half. So they'll win more than that. 11, you said, last year, which was a good result. And they're on a a nice trajectory. Uh, They couldn't win away from home. uh, Two and eight away from home last year. And I thought their inaccuracy, and it's a stat we probably don't speak enough about, cost them probably four or five games last year. And a big watch on Riley Thilthorpe. He kicked 18 um, last year. I think he can double that and to take some load off Taylor Walker because you're not going to get 60-plus out of him this year. So Adelaide, um, they're on. Commentator's worst nightmare too, that. Phil thought pretty quickly. It's, t- it's a tough one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. I call him the Phil Seeker, but apparently he's had a big preseason. And Kate, I reckon they've got some good young players as well. I really like Pedler, Richelli, we speak a lot about, and, and Rankin will spend some more time through the midfield. Yeah, and I think last year they started to find their groove. They they started to play the game plan that they wanted to play. And, and I'm with you, Kane. I think there was a lot made of how they missed out because of the goal review and, and things like that. But they missed out because of their inaccuracy and the games that they probably should have won mm. didn't kick straight and lost. Um, I know directly when you look at the season, the, that result did cost them getting into the finals. But yeah, I think the 11 and a, uh, sorry, 12 and a half, I think they'll definitely clear that. Bill Thorpe's a little bit like trajectory, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hard word to say. Okay, that is Adelaide. It seems like all three, but Adelaide playing finals this year. Let's turn our attention to the Brisbane Lions. A kickoff a premiership last season. So good, the Brisbane Lions. Can you see them getting back there again? Yeah, they were awesome. I think they're the team to beat. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what they can deliver. They've got Tom Duday in. They're going to get Ashcroft back halfway through the season. The interesting watch is how does a team bounce out of a grand final loss? Kate's probably, he, she can probably answer on that. I didn't lose too many. But uh, it'll be interesting because you can go one or two ways. You can either completely sink or you can come out so much stronger and be a better team. And I expect them to be better. Another year of Josh Dunkley in the midfield. I think they're a very good team. I lost one by 119 points. So I can speak to that. This is a bit closer, but they're just, they're just stacked everywhere. Like their small forwards and medium forwards are as good as... I can remember when you look at Rayner and Bailey and Link McCarthy's a really good player. Charlie Cameron's going to kick a lot of goals again. And you mentioned Duday and Ashcroft coming back in the early parts of the season. They've got depth everywhere. That is a great bet over 15 and a half. They win that easy. 15 and a half. They won 17 last year to play so many games at home. Okay, here is the club that everybody's talking about. Carlton Football Club had such a great second half of the season last year. Can they back it up? They won 13 games last year. Yeah, well, they're the primetime Blues this season. They've got eight games either on a Friday or a Thursday night fixture. Mm. So if they wanted the pressure, they've got it. They've Pressure's got the on pressure. Them, though, they absolutely 
absolutely do. And I think it depends on what um, Blues turn up, whether it's the first half of 2024 or whether we're, uh, sorry, 2023, or whether we're backing them in to continue that form late in 23. I've got them as over 13 and a half. I think... If it's a year that they're going to do it, it's going to be this year. I think they've they've got the system, they've had the the soul searching that they had halfway through last year, and they've come up with something that works. And they really did live up to the pressure late in the year. They were arguably the first thirty minutes of that prelim final. They were in a grand final, so I think they're going to get over that. They've got three top six to play, one middle and two bottom. So I think that'll help them get over that line. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I reckon the value is at under. Uh, I was, really? Yeah, I was. I like it. I thought they played and finished off the season really well last year. We just talked about Brisbane small forwards. I think they're small forwards. They're still looking for someone to come in and uh, be really strong in that position. Weedering and Walsh out early in the season, I think, hurts them as well. Uh, they need Walsh to be big inside. Yeah, I'm concerned. I, I think they can win it, but I also think they could be teetering on the eight as well. So it's an interesting season for Carlton. Isaac on the unders, I like it. It just doesn't happen. The Blues under Michael Voss, they are the big watch this season. Let's talk about Collingwood. Won the flag last year. Now, there's so many people saying that Collingwood couldn't do it again. They couldn't win all the close games again. Well, two seasons in a row, they played for it. They did it in a grand final. They won 18 games last year. So let's go the over uh, with Collingwood again. A slight concern about their durability and a few injuries, particularly with Murphy with his concussion through the preseason, so that's a that's a big blow. McStay we know is out, and there's some concerns over how as well. And look, a couple of their players like Mitchell and Pendlebury are a little bit older, but they've got 14 games at the G. They don't really lose at the MCG, and I think seven out of their last eight are at the MCG. They will absolutely storm home. I'd love to see Dacos play more centre forward. He kicked 19 goals last year. I just think if you move him inside 50 a little bit more with Schultz who comes in from Fremantle, Bobby Hill looks like he's going to go to a new level and Jamie Elliott, that four group of small forwards could be as good as, say, Brisbane. And that's another strength. So um, the going and Dacos through the midfield forward is frightening and, and they'll win more than 15 and a half. I'm going over. Yeah, I'm on Collingwood as well. I think they're a very good side. They proved that last year. Uh, whether they can continue the form that they had last year, that'll be the question mark. Craig McRae obviously instills a lot of what confidence. What about premiership hangovers? Yeah, what about them? Yeah, well, t- take us uh, through the feeling of not yeah. being satisfied. You won three in a row. I was going to say 14 was a pretty good hangover and 15 was even better. But <laughs> 2023 was tough. And, and the only concern I've got with Collingwood, a little bit with what we had at Geelong as well, you're a little bit older Uh, You're usually carrying injuries if you go deep into September. How have they bounced out of that? Uh, They look like from their pre-season form, they look okay, but come round five, six, Mm. it's a long season. Do those older guys stand up? And uh, if they don't, then they'll be teetering on the eight. Yeah, and I think with that, the hangover effect, obviously at Geelong, they were chasing that for so long. That was a number of players had been there for a long time. We know Dangerfield, that was what was missing from his CV. He got Mm. it. There was a few players like that on the list. I think... Collingwood are a little bit different. I think their older players had already won one. They'd gotten through. They've had that feeling before. And then their younger players and Craig McRae, they're flying. They're ready to go, I think. I think the hangover won't be as big in an effect. And no offence, sorry, Izzy, as the Geelong Cats last year, just because I think they were in a bit of a different window to Collingwood that they're coming back through this year. 
Has it been a more disappointing side in the last 23 years than Essendon? They won the 2000 <laughs> grand final. They won 11 games last year. But, Kate, I mean, the long-suffering Essendon supporters, I don't really feel that bad for them, to be honest. When they're up and about, they are very loud. But where do you see them this year? They're a great unknown for me. Yeah, I agree, great unknown. I'm going with under purely because of what you just said. They are always the disappointment. Um, it's... I just can't trust them as a team. I've never been able to. You think they're on a roll and then there's a game that they come up against a team that on paper they should beat and they always manage to just sort of trip over the finish line and not quite make it. Um, like I said, I, I just can't trust their form. I think obviously systems there, they're getting it right at times, but just so inconsistent. So I've gone the unders. Yeah, me too. I think the word trust, well, we can't trust what Essendon are going to deliver. Uh, their improvement or lack thereof will come from the high draft picks that have now been there for three, four years, talking about Perkins and Cox and Reed. But I'm yet to see that consistently. Um, you know, Stringer's a big unknown as well. Can you trust him? No, you can't because he doesn't prepare himself like an elite athlete should. So uh, let's go under. They're, they're a chance to finish bottom four, the Bombers. Wasn't buoyed by their pre-season game against St Kilda last no, week. No, it was, was, it was awful. And you, you look, Brownie, you don't read too much into the pre-season, but when you're a club like that that has been starved of success, you want to hit the ground running. Uh, big game round one against Hawthorne with that rivalry. If they lose that, the pressure is going to come significantly on the Bombers from round one. Bombers on the under. And Fremantle, let's talk about Fremantle now. 2022 had a fantastic season under Justin, uh, Justin Longmuir. We're top four. Then last year, we're just nowhere. They won 10 games, probably the most disappointing side of last year. Yeah, Fremantle really hard to get a read on. They were okay. Uh, they're gonna. Sh they struggled last year. They could be one of those sides that a bit like Colton, where they bounce out of a terrible season, or they could go the other way. I think Fife is huge for them because I think the playing group believes in Fife. Uh, as a team, they've got to move on from the Nat Fife era. Uh, but I know those younger players still look up to him and expect him to win games. So if he can have a good start to the season, I think that helps them. They get games at home. But I'm going under. Yeah, is it a panic move to put Fife back to the midfield? Because we'd moved on from Fife as a midfielder. It was the new group coming through. He was going forward and he's yeah. going to help them with their goal kicking. That's out the window now. It feels a bit panicky to me. Yeah, I think it is. And other than your Dustin Martins, it's really difficult to get a forward, a midfielder, a genuine midfielder that loves the ball in their hands to transfer forward. So uh, I don't think that's the spot for him. I think you'd know you're better off putting him down back uh, to help them out. But it's going to be a really interesting watch. It's got, he's got to play a role. If, he, if they're going to look for him to play that midfield role, or the, sorry, the forward role, he has to float through the midfield at some point. You can't just sit as a small forward, as a, as a mid that's mm. so used to getting your hands on the footy and try and work into the game that way. So whether they play him as a fifth up most of the time and coming through the middle, um, but I, I agree, he can't just sit forward, but it does feel like they're kind of clutching for something yeah. to bring his form back. If they don't go the over and they don't play finals, is Justin Longmuir the coach this time next year? Oh, gee, we're going heavy hitting here. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think he is. I think it'll be, I think if they significantly underperform, I think they will look in a different direction. He's the only coach with Matthew Nix that doesn't have a contract right now. And the pressure with that media over there in Perth is going to be pretty hard to handle. Yeah, and I think Freo are the only ones they're expecting to win games over there as well. Where would you like him to conduct his coaching from this year? Because you were very upset that he well, was on the went, boundary line last year. Well, he went to the boundary you, you line. You called him uninspiring. J just give us the strategy. Don't change strategy mid-year. He went, he went boundary line for three weeks, then back up to the box. Look, if you're going to go boundary, go boundary. Don't chop and change. Confusing for the players. 
and he just sat there and did nothing. It was, it was uninspiring. No, we spoke about Essendon being the least performed side. Geelong would have to be the best performed side over the last two decades. They looked unbeatable. This time last year, if we did this preview show last year, everybody would have thought Geelong 17, 18 wins. They finished with 10. You were there. How can they turn it around? Yeah, you should have got me in last year because I sort of knew everything that was going on <laughs> uh, then. And it didn't look like it was going to be an outstanding season, but I think they can bounce out of this. I'm really bullish on Geelong, and maybe I've got those rose-coloured glasses on. Uh, but to me, they've possibly got the best forward line in the competition. They should get 200 goals out of Hawkins, Cameron. Ollie Henry's going to be an absolute star, and you've got Tyson Stangle. To me, they've still got the best defender in the competition in Tom Stewart. Their Achilles heel is going to be their midfield, but I think they can absolutely romp this over home. Uh, Wrong put home. Yeah, they get nine games. They get nine games at the GMHBA Stadium. Uh, they're very d- tough to beat down there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish on Geelong. But can Cam they win? Guthrie, can they win the Premiership again? I think they can. I think that this, this is their last year at it. But they could also finish fifteenth. So it's a really interesting year for Geelong this year. Yeah, but a bit each way, aren't well, you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over under. But. Cam Guthrie's gone down in pre-season, and that's a huge, huge loss. Uh, midfield's going to be where they're a little bit short. They've got some younger guys coming in. I think Jai Clark can be good. Tanner Bruin can be good. But can they be at that finals premiership level that you need? That's still the unknown. Now, Kane thought a couple of times that Danger just stayed down a little bit after he might have got a hit or a, or a heavy tackle. He's, he's never is liked he, that. He's, 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 he's theatrical, isn't he? Yeah, he, he understands that it's an entertainment business. <laughs> where does he play? Uh, I think he plays midfield. I think he genuinely plays midfield, and I think they're very bullish on... Well, I know, I don't think. I know they're very bullish on Toby Conway, the Ruckman. So uh, Danger's still got attributes that can be uh, really strong in games, and if Toby's feeding him, he'll be very good forward to centre. Uh, but obviously he is ageing a little bit. The Gold Coast Suns won nine games last season. The big imp- inclusion of Damien Hardwick leaving Richmond. Can Dimmer turn the fortunes around? I think their their line is uh, 11 and a half and I'm going to go over. I think purely because if there's a year that they do it, it has to be this year. The AFL have given them the easiest draw. The they've draw got, is so easy. Yeah, they've got their man up on the Gold Coast. It's the fairy tale for the AFL if the Suns make the eight this year and finally get that, that final series that's just forever evaded them. Um, but I'm going over. I cannot believe how easy their draw is. They're the yeah. only team that get to play North and West Coast twice. Is the luck of the draw, Kane? No, nah. this, was by, this was by design, absolutely. absolutely. I haven't heard a coach speak this big a game in pre-season for a team that's done nothing. They never played finals. Ten wins the most in any given season. And Damien Harbuck has said, look, our floor is finals. Our ceiling, who knows? And they're, they're demanding a finish to the finals. But can we, like Essendon, trust this group who have achieved nothing and have been pretty comfortable and happy with themselves up in the sun at Gold Coast, earning big money individually as a team to come together and heed what the coach is saying and make a run for it? I'm not convinced yet that they can. I think they're all over, over. But what I don't understand, and I've never understood in footy, why footy clubs publicly come out and put a floor on something and then put a ceiling on something. Mm. If they have an outstanding season and just miss finals, then there's disappointment because of that and then people are getting questioned because of that. I think this team should make finals, as you mentioned, the draw. 
but there's still players there like King and that that are developing and I still think they're 12 to 24 months off it as well. So they should they should be there and thereabouts, but I just don't understand why they've come out and put a floor on their season already. The other thing that I don't understand is this talk around, oh, we've finally got a system, we know what the coach wants from us, things like that. You can't tell me that Stuart Jew was coaching at a senior AFL club and didn't have a game plan and the players didn't know and what they were doing. Before him. He would not have kept his job for as long as he did. Yeah. And they're coming out, I know that there's new hope it's great they've got dimmer he's a fantastic coach and they're loving him but i don't buy that that was the case that wasn't the case before he got there i think maybe it's a tweak to the game plan they're doing things differently but the things that they're saying they can't they can't have come from the place that they're portraying in in the public eye similar to carlton the giants had a massive second half of the season last year and a lot of people think this is just going to go on they're very well back to win the premiership this season finish top eight finish top four but it just doesn't happen Kane, GWS. Yeah, I'm with you a little bit, Brownie. I'm picking up what you're saying there. I'm going to zag a little bit and go under. Uh, they, they did get the first year coach bounce, I think, absolutely, and there was a system that they believed in, but a lot went right for them. They won a lot of close games last year, and I'm just not sure you can rely on Toby to kick your 60-plus goals as a small forward. That's really difficult to do two seasons in a row when he's going to be targeted. Jesse Hogan was great last year, but... I can't trust on what he can deliver, not only with his body physically, but also his performance over a long period of time. So, um, the Lions 14 and a half. They won 13 last I'm year. Going, so that means they have to win two more games. Yeah, no, so I think year. they're a final. I think they're a finals team, and and a dollar 36 there is is reasonable odds for them to to make the eight. I think that happens. But they're so reliant on that senior group of core players still. There's some good young ones coming through, but Cornelio, Whitfield, Green, Ward. Himmelberg, these types of players that have been there for a long time, they're now a year older and I'm not sure they're going to perform like they did last year. I think the thing that works in their favour is their start to the draw. So they've got Collingwood, obviously a tough one first start, but then they've got North, West Coast, Gold Coast, St Kilda and Carlton. So it does buy them a little bit of time to work into the season. Mm. If they're able to come out of their first four with even one and uh, three and one, if they lose to, to Collingwood, that's still a pretty good spot to start the season at. So I'm with you. I think they'll be under, but I think they could use a little bit of momentum from the start of their draw to possibly build into the yeah. season. Talking a big game as well, like saying they hate Collingwood and building that rivalry, which is, which is fine, but I feel like they're just a step or two ahead of where they actually are internally. Oh, sharp start. We've got the Cats winning the flag on one side. <laughs> Justin Longby were being put on notice on the other. <laughs> Up after the break, we're going to talk to Brownlow, the Coleman and also the Rising South. Welcome back to In The Back Pocket. Let's talk about the Coleman medal because uh, Jeremy Cameron last year, 100 goal market we had to put up after about four or five weeks. That's how well he was going. So let's have a look at the market so far this year. Charlie Curnow, the favourite as you'd expect. Nick Larkey there. Nick Larkey's the one that I think can kick some big goals this year. Your man Tex, uh, Max King as well, Oscar Allen. Tom Lynch, is he a dark horse this year? Missed all of last year pretty much for Tom Lynch. And then the also-rans, Joe Danaher. That is a big prize for 
mind. Jamara Mitchell-Lewis, if the Hawks get on a run. Fogarty, Harry Mackay's been up there before, and Logan McDonald without Buddy. So that is the Coleman middle market. Where do we see yeah, it? Yeah, well, I love Jeremy Cameron at $8. He kicked 27 goals in his first six games last year. Where I'm seeing all these lists about top 10 players, and he's not there anymore. Uh, this time last year, he's number one or number two, and I think he can get back to that. He's still young enough. Looks like he's had a longer preseason and he's fit. So $8 is a good price there. And, and Joe Danaher, as a roughie at $21, he kicked 61 goals last year. We know Brisbane, as you've told us, are going to win a lot of games. They don't lose at the Gabba. Feel like he's sorted out his accuracy issues and has been more accurate and reliable in front of goal. So I love Danaher at uh, $21. Yeah, I was massive on Jezza, uh, but I think a few boys might take a couple of goals away from him. But what these top 10 experts have mm. missed is that Jezza had a big knockout concussion last year and busted his shoulder, so went in for surgery. So expect him to be back to his best, but I'm all over Nick Larkey. I think they've got, they an, easy, games? They got an easy draw. No one else is kicking goals. Their midfield is a hell of a lot better this year than it was last year. Uh, so I think he's got confidence out of his first All-Australian. I, I feel like he didn't feel like he belonged at that level. Now getting that jacket might help him. Uh, I'm all in on him. Ruffy? Ruffy. Mm. My Ruffy is. <laughs> you didn't come prepared for the Ruffy, <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, I did. Right, I did. Jamara, Google Hagen. Yeah, yeah. He looked good in the practice. Nah, he looked very good. Uh, I've been following him on Instagram all over this social stuff now. That'll he's help been, him kick goals. He's been training very, very <laughs> hard. But no, I... I did have Oogle Hagen down. I just couldn't get to my notes quick enough, yeah. Brownie. But I absolutely love what he's doing. And last year, I think Western Bulldogs, I think the coaching staff finally got confidence in him. And now he's their man. Uh, he's certainly taken over from Norton there. And I'm very excited to see what he can well, do There's a tip year. for you. Jamara's Instagram handle's going really well. So he should win the Coleman medal. Yeah, for mine, my best pick is Max King. I think that's a big question mark, provided he stays fit, obviously, with the season that he's coming off the back of. And I think the thing that works in his favour is actually... Tim Membry also being fit. I know the two of those work really well in tandem and I think the ball's going to get into their forward line a fair bit. What I know about his accuracy, Kate? Yeah, he look, sprays them everywhere. He's had plenty of time to practice in the off-season, obviously, with one shoulder. Ask, so. ask Brett Ratton about his yeah. accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he can come back and have a big season. I think the Saints will be competitive and I think he'll kick a lot of goals in their season. My roughie I've gone with is Charlie Cameron. Um, I know Big Joe gets down there and kicks a number of goals for Brisbane, but I think what, what Charlie offers down there. He can kick bags. We haven't seen mm. many small forwards be able to kick the bags that he can and when he gets on top of the te a team, he is flying. My only concern with that is when he's not on top of a team, he barely mm. touches the footy and can often drift out of games. Yeah. So if he can get that consistency right, I think he's a, a really good rough hope of the Coleman. Yeah, Charlie Cameron, okay, I'm with you. I think big Suvalaki, I think he can do it because he doesn't miss. You sw spoke yeah, about accuracy, does not miss and I don't see another North Melbourne player taking goals off him, so I like that. And for me, Tom Lynch at Richmond comes back. Jack Rewalt's not there, so there's nobody else to take goals off Tom Lynch. Brownie, he's just started if, running. <laughs> he's not. He's not even playing in opening round. He's just started running on grass. Well, it's a roughy cane, and he's <laughs> like he's know, real rough. I know, but we've got to be realistic. We've got to be realistic. He is no chance. Okay, none. Can we quite, not quite can across we, the the training? Can we question his roughy? <laughs> oh, I didn't think we were doing roughies. That's why I wasn't on Eagle Hagen because he's thrown in Joe Denner. Twenty-one bucks. <laughs> he's one of the best twenty boards <laughs> in the competition. That's my point. Twenty-one dollars. That's a roughie. <laughs> okay, the rising star. It's all been about Harley Reid, the number one.
one pick. He looks a ready-made star. He's $3.50. Wardlaw, I liked him last year. Haven't seen much of McKercher, but highly rated. Sanders at the Bulldogs, you feel like he'll play most games. And then above $10 for everybody else, all the way down to Zane Dersma. Henry Husswaite's had some time in the middle. Uh, they think Clark will play a fair bit. And then there's a few other names that I've never heard of, but I'm sure they're going to be good players at some point. Yeah, good players in future. I, I, I like McKercher, Brownie, because you'll just play across halfback. Beautiful ball user. We know, Isaac, it's easier to get a kick across halfback. We saw Wardlaw win the Rising Star last year from that position. Dacos the year before that. It's the place to be if you want to win the Rising Star. And he will stand out because of his ball use, plenty of opportunities. At 550, it's pretty good value. If you don't get 25 at halfback, exactly you shouldn't right. ask for a game next week, should exactly. you? Exactly. And, and, that, and that's the thing. So he will be consistently getting a lot of the footy. Probably takes the kickouts. There's an extra three or four a game as well. Yeah, I've got an impact player. Mine's Nick Watson from Hawthorne. Everything I'm hearing out of Who Hawks is, is that he's a very special talent. Ooh. So I'm not sure if he gets enough opportunities, but I think he's one, he's an impact player, and I know they don't necessarily win Rising Stars because numbers seem to accumulate and, and they seem to be the predictors of Rising Stars, but I really like what he's doing. Uh, my roughie is Jai Clark. Uh, I trained with him last year. He's going to be a big accumulator. He loves a tackle. Uh, he'll get big numbers. So, And he's in his second year. I think we go early on these guys in their first year with the Rising Star Award. If you can find someone who's in their second year, had 12 months in a system, uh, you can get a lot more consistent performance out of them. That's exactly why I've gone George Wardlaw for those points that you make there. Isaac, he's had Good pick. a year in the, in the system now. Um, North will be on the rise, I think, this year compared to last. Um, Big bodied mid, he's going to play a lot more games. Um, I just think, I was surprised he was still on the list, to be honest. I thought he'd played too many games last year. So I think that's a great pick for, for the rising star. And my roughie I've gone with is Sam Darcy. Mm. I think he's going to play more of a roll up forward. Obviously, there's Norton, there's Eugle Hagen, but he'll pinch hit through the ruck as well. And he had a really interrupted season last year with a lot of injuries, really unfortunate injuries as well. So he'll be fit. I think he'll be flying and I think he'll be a good tool for them. He looks good down back too, so he can play forward and back. I've got him for the same. I think he's been uh, cruel by injuries in his first season, so he'll be better for it. His practice match form has been outstanding. So Sam Darcy for the roughie. And for me, Harley Reid, I can't remember a player coming into the competition with as much fanfare as Harley Reid since probably Chris Judd went number one. That's how much they rate Harley Reid. So I just feel like if he plays to what they say can be, then Harley Reid wins it. So Reid for me, Darcy. Let's talk about the Brownlow medal. Locking Neil won it last year. Very lucky to win it. I thought Nick Dacos probably should have won it. But Nick Dacos is half the quote of everybody else at the moment. Bontempelli's there at 12. Lockie Neal, Walsh Martin play the early part. Goulden stormed home last year. Your man Bread and Butter's in there. Tom Green just an accumulator. Clayton Oliver, who knows? I mean, he's uh, in out. Does he play round one? Not sure, but you know what? Clayton Oliver's probably going to get 35 if he plays round one. Uh, Cripps, Caleb Sarong voted well. Noah Anderson voted very well last year. Jordan Dawson all the way down to Zach Merritt. Oh, how could you go past Errol at $15? So fourth in the Brownlow last year, 27 votes. This guy's 21. He's only going to get better. He's not as if he's past the peak of his powers. So he's prime. They're going to win a lot of games uh, of footy. Sydney, I'm not sure who the other midfielders there that may take votes off him. Warner will stand out, but he was flat last year. So at 15 bucks, he's a vote-getting machine. They a bit more this year? Maybe, but not many teams not tag. Big tags no, going there's around, not. isn't Hawthorne do it. He's a goal kicker as well. So he kicked 22 goals last year. So he will stand out and he's a beautiful user. Like his 25 is more damaging than someone else's 35. And as a roughie, he wasn't even on the board. Rory Laird from Adelaide. 
Um, he is an absolute magnet. He's a clearance beast. Adelaide are going to win more games of footy. He voted 20 votes last year, doubled his count from the previous year, and he's finally starting to get the recognition that he deserves, and hopefully the umpires stand up and take notice of that. Look for the tag to come back in vogue with Ross now coaching St Kilda, Clarko now full-time back at North Melbourne. Wind Hager does the job. Yeah, I feel like it comes back because I just feel like too many midfielders have got off the leash. Do you think Sam Mitchell deploys it because he knows how good it was against him? Yeah, and I can't see Nick Dacos getting anywhere anywhere near the freedom he's been afforded in his first two years. Um, If I was an opposition coach, I'd be going straight after him Mm. because he's that good. Uh, but one bike you can't tag is Marcus Bottenpelli. He's due. And he'll win it. He deserves one. He'll win it. He is that good. He's as good as a midfielder as I've played, in, uh, played against in the competition. So uh, I love everything about him. I think he carries that team and he's a genuine star. Uh, my roughie is Hugh McCluggage. I think he's now taken probably over Lockie Neal as their most important player in that midfield. And he kicks goals, he breaks lines, and I just think he's a genuine star over the next five or six years in the competition. Yeah, my pick, I just can't go past Nick Dacos. I think just what he did last year in his second season of football, um, we know when footballers hit their prime sort of mid-20s typically, and he's still nowhere near that. So it's a scary thought to think that He's still got probably so much more potential than what we saw last year. I think definitely we'll cop more tags this year, but he's so versatile. They can throw him forward, throw him back, see what teams want to do around that. He still will get plenty of the footy in those positions. So I know he's the favourite and I hate backing the favourite, but I just can't look past him for, for the Brownlow this year. My roughie, which is pending a lot on whether he plays round one or not, is Clayton Oliver. He's made a huge resurgence. He's only just rejoined full training, but was playing in both pracky matches. I don't know if they're going to pick him round one, whether they're allowed to pick yeah. him round one, but if they do, he's $21, and I think he is a real roughie and a genuine chance should he play every game. We've seen some rat bags win Brownlow medals. Absolutely. Ben, ben Cousins and Dane Swan. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't seem so, to affect their no, form, it does it? Know. Sounds like Clary's going to have a big, <laughs> <laughs> big season, a big off-season, a big season. <laughs> OK, uh, Lockie Neal for me. The last five years, he's won two, he's come runner-up, and he's come third. Now, I hear what you're saying about human cluggage, but have you ever seen human cluggage get more than 22 or 23 disposals? I just don't see anybody taking votes off Lockie Neal in that midfield. Where so would this put him if he gets 27, 28, he was lucky 29, he was. But <laughs> when you look at it, nobody else stands up and gets big numbers in that Brisbane. They're so even and their halfbacks are so good. Yeah. So when the umpires go, oh, Lockie Neal's at 27, 28, he's nine clearances, you know, he'll have two, he'll have three. There's nobody having big numbers like Lockie Neal. So when they win, and if they win the 18 games you guys think they will, He's going to vote in 14 or 15 of them just because he's an accumulator. I know this is forever the argument, but where do you measure impact versus accumulation? And I think Lockie's an absolute star of the competition. I'm not doing that. But I think too often we vote accumulator instead of impact. Yeah. Uh, And I... I probably feel like that'll change. The umpires are going to see the stats and they've got so much to worry about. I feel like it is changing a little bit, though. Because uh, the umpires get to do look at the stats and hopefully they can see through that impact. If he wins three, that, that puts him all-time status, like in terms of yeah. the history of the game. This is what's on the line for Lockie Neal. Three Brownlow yep. medals is right up the top. Not many and have done that. he's the right that. team and, to do it as well. A- absolutely. He could definitely have three already. So look out. Absolutely. Okay, and my roughie, Caleb Strong at Fremantle, if they win enough games. Okay, who's going to go through to be the last team undefeated? Yeah, so last team undefeated, I think sort of 
Favourite for me is Brisbane. So if we have a look there, 550, them and GWS sitting pretty up the top. You've got Port Adelaide at seven, Collingwood at eight, and then Geelong rounding it out. Brisbane play Collingwood in round three. They do, and I think they're draw to start with because they've got so many home games. So they got Carlton at home, obviously opening round, go away to Frio, but then they got the Pies at home, North at home, and Melbourne at the G. That's their first five. And I don't really see them losing many of those, to be honest, purely for playing Collingwood at home. We know how good they are at the Gabba. Um, there's a market out as to whether they'll remain undefeated at home for the whole season, which I think is a good chance of happening. So I think that's that's my tip. And my roughie I've gone with is Geelong. I think the games at GMHBA, you can pencil them in for a win against most teams down there because they play the ground so well. So they've got Geelong, then Adelaide away, which is the question mark. If they can get over them, they've got Hawthorne, the Dogs and North. Okay, and you've boxed up a top four. I have, Brownie. So I've gone Sydney, Brisbane, Collingwood and Carlton. You can see it there. $17 just over that. Will so that's your you, top four, basically. That's my yeah. top four. The concern would be the Blues. I'm pretty confident on Collingwood, Brisbane and yep. Sydney. So you've left Melbourne out, put I've, Adelaide I've left, around the Yeah, edges. and there's uh, some other teams. Like, a lot of people are saying the Saints are going to improve and win a final this year. I, I personally don't see that. The Western Bulldogs have the talent, but I don't think they've got the coaching to be able to achieve that. So they're the four for me. Um, <laughs> Carlton, with a couple of big finals last year, the players have now tasted that situation success and what it means and I think they're in a pretty good position. Looking forward to this on the run sheet it says Isaac Sprukes his outside market. Yes. Got for us? Spruke it up? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know I had to spruke it. I, I it did, didn't quite look at the run sheet but I'm going West Coast to win their first game in round 13 against North Melbourne at home. I don't think they win one until then. Well just hang on if that's the case Adam Simpson will be gone at round 10. He wanted him gone last year. Well, and he, and he's going to be on his case well, again. And he should have, he should have, like, honestly, no coach in world sport would have survived a record like the Eagles have produced in the last two and a half seasons. It was time for a change. Now, they've changed everything around him. They've changed the CEO, everything, fitness department. It's all changed. He's the only constant. And the injuries this preseason have crippled them again. So I'd be very surprised if he's still a coach at the end of the year. Not that I want coaches sacked, but yeah. I just feel like the group needs a change of direction <laughs> and a change of... You really of put a line through too. I was going to say, no, he's sacked through. Both West Coast. He's whack Bulldogs coaching staff. Said they got the talent, can't be coach. Look, we don't sit on the fence on this show. Okay? <laughs> we're gone already. Okay, we're going to head to a break up after the break. We're going to do the rest of the teams over under lines. Welcome back to In The Back Pocket. Well, we've sacked three coaches already, and Isaac, you didn't do any of them, and neither did you, Kate, so I only left one man over here, and that's the volcano. Very happy with his own work. Let's have a look at Hawthorne, who were really good last year for what they had. Sam Mitchell took over, the, taken over the reins and did a really good job last season. Injury concerns early. Uh, they won seven games last year. How do you see them going? Yeah, I think they're under this year. I really like what they're building. I like what Sam Mitchell's building at Hawthorne, but... Uh, I think they're in that year where they might plateau a little bit. They're getting some young guys in. They'll be changing some positional changes. I know Blake Hardwick's going to go forward. They're really short in their back line. They've already lost Blank this year. I know Sicily's an absolute star, but they don't have the men around him at the moment. And these young guys, although they've got talent, they're going to be inconsistent. So uh, when fatigue hits them late in the season, it's going to be tough to win games. And uh, I'd love to be bullish on them. I just think it's going to be another tough season. And I think 
if you're a Hawthorne fan, you want it to be a hard season. Tassie are going to come in at some point and you want to be getting the best talent now before they come in. I love James Sicily for 25-plus disposals in most games or 20-plus. Gets a lot, gets the kickouts, and when they get the kickout and he hasn't got it, they'll kick it to him. <laughs> but he gets a lot of goals kicked on him as well. Or does he? <laughs> he's one of he's one of my best mates here. No. Uh, yeah, Sis plays that game where he's the there's no mates in the media. No I'm, mates in media. I'm learning quickly, but Sis is one of those defenders that you love what he brings. His offensive prowess, his ability to intercept, but he is going to drop off his player and he's going to give him a long leg rope. So. If you're an opposition coach, you'd be looking for the player that he's playing on to kick goals through him, but he might stop eight the other way. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Are you throwing out a reverse Coleman type setup here, are you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to back him in the 25-plus <laughs> market. I'd probably back him in the reverse <laughs> Coleman as well. I'm with you, Isaac. I think they're under the, the eight and a half. They had the seven wins last year. My concern was obviously their defensive stocks, which we've seen over the off-season. They've been de- gone down a lot with injuries. Um, their scoring prowess is not a question. I love how they attack the game, straight up the middle, score goals, entertaining, but I think they leak too many goals to win over that eight and a half. Melbourne, is there a side under more pressure for different sort of reasons? Carlton come in with expectations. Melbourne got their issues. Obviously, Joel Smith, Clayton Oliver, how does he play? Uh, Question marks around the leadership of the club. They won 16 games last year. Back-to-back finals have gone out in straight sets. They're not getting to 16 this year. They're not going to get to 13 and a half. So I'm I'm under. I'm all out on Melbourne. Um, And there's reasons for it. They lost a lot of depth in the off season. So when you, when you lose Grundy as much as he didn't play the whole season, he was important as a backup for Gorn. You lose Harms, you lose Jordan, you've now lost Brayshaw. Who knows about Oliver and how many games he's going to play. It cuts away at your depth and they've already had injuries through their forward line um, this season. In the last five games last year, they averaged 68 points and they haven't addressed that issue. They kick it long and high inside 50 every time. It is so predictable. and. Shane McAdam's not going to help. That's the only thing they've really got to hang their hat on in the off-season. Petty's injured as well. So just far too many question marks for me over Melbourne. I think it's going to be a difficult year for them. fair to say you don't like anything that's undisciplined? Yeah, no, well, I I don't. No, you're a full-time professional athlete, Brownie. Your one job is to prepare yourself to play well on the weekend. Can it galvanise them or is it going to go the other way? You're saying it's going the other way. I I am. That's my opinion. It may, it may, it, it may do that. But I just think there's too many question marks on personnel on injury and on culture. And when you've got those three things gelling together, very rarely will a team come and have a successful year. Well, this is great because I'll get a chance to refute Kane here. Mm. But in this case, I'm not going to. (laughs) I think Melbourne, they're going to have a really tough season. I just don't understand where they're going to get goals from. They've got Fritch and Cozzy Pickett, but teams are able to mitigate their influence. So I think it's going to be a very difficult season. I love their midfield, but as Kane said, they've lost depth. And... You just don't want so much playing out in the media Mm. over the off-season. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough season and I reckon they don't even scrape into the eight, to be honest. And with that depth, what happens if something happens to Max Gorn now? Well, carnage. They've got no backup. They've lost Luke Jackson. They've lost Grundy now. They've got nowhere to go if something does happen to him as a big man. Where do they go? Well, the only thing is now Gorn gets full responsibility of the ruck. He's hands down the best ruckman in the competition. So hopefully we see the best of Max Gorn again because I think the last year really hurt his influence and his consistency throughout the season. 
North Melbourne should be a more settled outfit this year, Alistair Clarkson. They've had a couple of seasons now with really high draft picks, which is good for them. They won three games last year. Kate, where do you see them? Yeah, I've got them over the five and a half. Um, they won the three games, as you said, Brownie, last year, and I think they'll improve. They have to improve. Um, we've seen their list. We've seen what they've added. Um, obviously, the off-field disruptions with Clarko last year had to affect the group. Um, you've seen your coach who you've worked really hard to get, then all of a sudden isn't coaching you for half the year. That's disruptive in itself. Um, so I think, yeah, they, they make that line and they go over. I'm not marking them down for any significant improvement, but I think they'll definitely improve on those three games that they won and they'll be far more competitive in their games this One of the year. bets of the year, over five and a half. They get, they get to eight, um, so I'd be having a, a nice little piece of that. Um, they'll win eight games. Come to the end of the season, Taron Thomas, obviously, not asking you your opinion, would you pick him up? I know the answer for that, but will a club give him a lifeline? Well, would it? Geelong is always the club. You look at what they did with Tyson Stengel, All-Australian Premiership player after getting sacked from Adelaide. So that, that's the obvious one for me. Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think you, you've always got to look at talent and look where you can build your list to make your list better. One, does he fit culturally? And I think Geelong worked out that Tyson would fit culturally. Two, you've got to be confident that all the misdemeanours are behind them um, and there's no trouble with the actual law. But once you're past all that and you've got a strong club, strong culture, I think and you're a successful team, you can take risks on certain players. I know when I was at Hawthorne, we took a big risk on Dale Gartlett, who is one of the best talents I've ever seen come into the game, but he couldn't get past his troubles off the field. Uh, and that didn't derail Hawthorne. But if that happens at a lesser side, a team that's not performing as well, then I think that's where you fall into issues. Port Adelaide had such a great start to the season last year. 17 wins for Port Adelaide. They dropped away late. Big off-season signing. Warren Treadray onto the board. That's got to make a difference. <laughs> well, at least he won't be able to say what he said last year in the media now that he's on the board. It's a bit hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as confident on this one. I've gone under, but with no confidence at all as I said so um, I think their forward line there's a few issues there relying on Todd Marshall who's just on a five-year extension can you get 50 goals from him George Yardy's back off the knee injury really helps Charlie Dixon if he can get 15 games it's a bonus a lot will be spoken about their midfield and their off-season recruits the quality of the off-season recruits not sure I think Soldo will be able to hold up in ruck not sure about Zerk Thatcher and Radigalia plays a role but I just think under 13.5 is where it sits, but not with any level of confidence at all. Yeah, I have zero level confidence either, so I'll go over uh, for the sake of the argument. But I really like their midfield. If they can get some sort of consistency out of Horn Francis, he's shown attributes where he can elevate himself to one of the best players in the competition, whether that's in 12 or 24 months, or if we see something this year. I and this has no knock on Boak or Wines because I think they've been great players, but I love how they've now transitioned from those two. And I think that gives them a boost. It gives them energy. Uh, and I'm really excited to see. They play an exciting brand of footy. They get primetime matches because of that. And if their energy's right and they're disciplined and consistent to what they're trying to achieve, I think they can get over that 13 and a half. Is Wine still in their best team? Yeah, he's now. Uh, so, but he's, he's an on-baller. Like, the thought to play him wing is ridiculous. If mm. he's not playing on-ball, he doesn't play. Inside mid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, inside mid. Uh, I think the first six out of their eight games are at home. Yeah, um, they've, they've also got the second hardest draw, which doesn't obviously work in their favour with this inconsistency that we're talking about. And Pal Pepper, I don't think they'll be seeing him playing for a number of weeks mm. at the start after that hit in that pre-season game as well. Yep. One of the big unknowns this year is Richmond. So no Tom Lynch last year. Dustin Martin started slow, had his injury concerns. He's back to full fitness. 
They've got a lot of good players. Adam Uze comes in. They won 10 games last year. Nine and a half is their line do this year. Do they have year. a lot of good players? I'm not sure they do have a lot of good players. You've been off Richmond for a while. Well, well and rightly so. And I've been proven correct. They've got... Just get the popcorn out now, okay? <laughs> they've, they've got <laughs> probably four or five really good players. When you look at Baker, Arade and, and Martin and, and Bolton still at the top of their game. Lynch when he plays, but he doesn't play. So they have far too many players that have an injury history like Prestia and like Grimes, which I think hurts them every year. Lynch is in that same category as well. Vlaston's done hammies. Martin's done hammies. They all do hammies. And Graham went down last night with a quad What's as well. going on? Yeah, so much soft tissue there. So you coach you're right. factor? Yeah, a little, a little bit. And, and you like what he's trying to do and he's got a great uh, resume and it was a good appointment and he's saying all the right things. They're bottom four. You Rich- want Hopper? Bottom Richmond four? Of, uh, Richmond of bottom four. I've got them over. No. Only, the only reason I have them over, and you mentioned this before, and I've got it written down here, so I haven't stolen your words, but I think they get that new coach bounce early. And that's the only thing I think that gets them over the line. It's whether Martin and Bolton and that, they need their stars to be genuine stars because I feel like their depth is nowhere near where it Who needs to be. kicks their goals? Uh, Lynch, well, Tom, Tom Lynch. Well, he's not- Cumberland. Dustin Martin could kick 35. Yeah. I rate Cumberland. Okay. I don't know why they don't play more often. I don't get it. Jacob Hopper probably needs to become their premier midfielder. You've got the deciding vote. They're, they're well, saying actually, over. Actually, I reckon, I reckon Taranto's your goal kicker. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't miss when he gets it, Just, though. Yeah, he's, no, he's actually a really good set shot for goal uh, out of the midfield Tigers. in general. Players. Over, under. I'm going to go under. I am oh. going to go under. But I think they will get the new coach factor in the first few rounds. So we'll see a good start to the season. But I think they'll fade out due, due to injuries and also sort of that ageing list. And the lack of depth. If their mm. best players don't play well... They're out of the game, essentially, um, and they really struggle to find that sort of mid-range depth, um, which I think will not help them in this season. I think there's 13 or 14 sides with that lack of depth this year. If any of the teams in the competition lose their best players, then you're going to see them sink and you're going to see others swim. So the competition has done very well at evening the talent out across the field, uh, and there's so many teams that are going to be right on this line. It makes predictions difficult, doesn't it? it makes it very <laughs> difficult, but I'll tell you what it doesn't make difficult. Sacking coach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not as bullish on the Saints as what other people are in the media. 13 wins last year. I think they got the best out of themselves. Ross Lyon did a fantastic job. Where do you see the Saints? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm really excited, actually, about the Saints this year. I know you're different, Kane, but I think they're over the 11.5. They had 13 wins last season. They're the team that everyone predicts will be the big sliders this year. I think it'll go the other way. They've got another preseason under Ross who loves to run them, um, loves getting the, the boys out and running as much mm. as they can. They're clearly a running team. They've got Liam Henry back in. He's been f- fantastic in that first game. Looked up. great. As I said earlier, Max King back, Tim Membry back, playing some more consistent time as well. And Jack Steele, I think he's one that sort of flies under the radar a little bit. And I think he'll thrive under a second preseason under Ross. Um, and I think, yeah, I think they'll, they're well over. They've got a good draw two from that top six, two from the mid-range and two from the bottom. So if they can put it together consistently, I think they'll be over. I'm under. I'd probably stay away from this if I was betting on this market because I don't have a full lot of confidence in the under, but I just don't see them having the same level of quality in terms of individually as some of the other teams. And the running game is great, but the game's built on contest. Do they have those contest players that can then break away from stoppage? And their forward line is a concern, heavily relying on Max. But as we know, uh, it feels like his sort of shoulders are made out of glass sometimes and, and he can break at any moment. So I wouldn't be relying on 
I wouldn't be relying on him um, to play 20 games. That would just be the history of, of his durability. So I'm a little bit out on the Saints. You feel like out of all the clubs, uh, when you talk about coaches' performance, that Ross Lyon has to have a great season as a coach and setting up the game plan over and above most of the other well, coaches. I feel like that if he can get that club going, it'll be his game plan, it'll be his way. It's his club, Brent. Like, yeah. He has made that many changes around him from the footy department. So he, he is the guy. He's got more power than any other coach in terms of at, at his own club. And what he did last year was nothing short of extraordinary. With the cattle that he's got, coaching's about maximising what you've got at your disposal. And he doesn't have a lot at his disposal. But he overachieved as a coach. I thought he was outstanding. The Sydney Swans, at the start of, uh, I think about three weeks ago, they were 11 and a half, their total over under line. They're now 12 and a half. They won, how many games did they win last year? They won 12 last year, the Sydney Swans. There's a lot of people going over. I know you're bullish on them, Kane. How do you see the Sydney Swans? Yeah, I thought they had one of those under years last year. They played Geelong uh, in that 2022 Grand Finals. Good year that year. <laughs> uh, so we played them in that 2022 Grand Final. And I thought they were on the way up. They obviously had some demons and some injuries from that. And I think they've had one of those years where they plateau, but I reckon they're on the upwards trajectory. How did you go that day? Again. Me? Hey? Yeah. Uh, go all right that day? Get a yeah, no, nah, I got a couple. Yeah. Um, 30-something kick three. <laughs> play, you're, you're play I'm all spots. in. So I'm <laughs> staying away from Port Adelaide and the Saints. I'm all in on North, the over, and I'm all in on Sydney, yeah. the over. It, it, it's a great bet. They are stacked. Um, when they lost last year, they got smashed through the midfield. So what they do in the off-season? We'll go get Grundy. We'll go get Jordan. We'll go get Adams. So the depth that they now have, who can go through their mills when he comes back? Warner, Gordon, you know, McInerney. They got speed off half-back. Nick Blakey, watch out for him to catapult to a top 20 player in the competition this year. He's one of the most watchable players in the league. They will finish top four and they will smash that over of 12 and a half. I feel like people think about Lance Franklin as, oh, how are we going to replace the goals? I think they function better. And we saw it a few times when he wasn't playing. They'll fun function better without him. Yeah, Logan McDonald, uh, fourth year now. Probably need to get 40, 45 goals from him. He's a bit faster, Logan. He seems a bit yeah, of a loper. Yeah, he's a bit of a plotter. And Amadi's the other one. I saw him rip Hawthorne apart in the first He's half. He's sealing his way five, up. Uh, did a hammy um, in Adelaide, I think it was. So, you know, they're relying on him. But they've got Papley, they've got Haywood, they've got good small forwards around them. That's what I really like about them. They don't have to rely on the bigs. And I think horses set up that structure. Heaney, Papley, Haywood. They'll get a couple hundred goals just out of their midfielders, small forwards, and everything else will be a bonus. Yeah, I think the midfielders will also um, benefit from the no-buddy effect. Running out of a pack, looking up, having a crack at goals or lowering the eyes, not feeling so buddy-centric, which, no disrespect to him, of course you're going to kick the ball to him, mm. but I think the forwards will thrive, but I also think the mids, their decisions will be better because of less pressure around that real focal point. And I thought they were good last year without Isaac Heaney being great. I thought his yeah. year before that was really good. So, I mean, the year before he was Isaac Cleaney. Everything he touched was just, it was one, <laughs> one touch. Like that, right? <laughs> so that is the Sydney Swans. Let's have a look at West Coast, who had a pretty ordinary season last year. Isaac has them winning their first game in round 13 against the Kangaroos. Uh, the West Coast Eagles, Kate. Yeah, look, I've gone over purely because I don't think their over. season... Over four and a half. They've won three games last year. I just don't think they could be worse than they were well, last year. Yeah, that's I a genuinely... worse prediction than Brownie's joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm happy to put it out there. I think they're going to go over four and Who a half. Who do they beat? So give me their five wins. Which teams can they knock off? So I think, I reckon they, they're a chance against the Tigers for their first home game. Um, they play North twice, so there's two. 
um, Hawthorne at home. The Hawks have this this tendency, and we saw it last year. They beat. The, they got close to beating Collingwood, really yeah. close to that. And then the teams that the sort of they definitely should beat, they dropped games too. So I think there's a couple of teams like that. Same with the Sw- uh, the Suns. We know how inconsistent yeah, maybe they, they are. Get a derby. So what, maybe pinch a derby. Th- uh, exactly right. what I had down okay. here. Frio, yeah, they get a, up it's, for a, the it's derby. a good case that you've yeah, built so and you've landed the plane. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm, out, I'm, look, under. I'm not going all in on it, okay. but I think it's a right. chance. <laughs> the Western Bulldogs won 12 games last year. They've got a great start to the season. They play the Demons first up, and if they can get past that, their next six games are all very winnable. This is a big season for the Western Bulldogs. So many concerns, so much optimism as well at the same time. Their goal scoring last year was pretty ordinary, so they need to sharpen that up. But where do you see the Western Bulldogs? I've got them over. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure if Kane's uh, discussing this one with me, but I feel like he might have them under. But, uh, yeah, I think they've got a really good midfield. I really like how they've built their forward line. Their back line's put together by about a bit of sticky tape, I think. But I, I just think they're a side. They play at Marvel. Marvel's a different brand of football. You get an MCG side at Marvel, you can, you can beat them. Uh, it's just such a different brand of footy, and I think they can sneak over. Yeah, You'd no, play Aaron Norton sent half back, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd play him centre-half back. I think you can build your forward line out around Ugal Hagen. Uh, I love Norton's competitiveness. His ability to be cleany. Uh, (laughs) That's where I've got question marks. And I think if you put someone down there, someone like him down back, it's a bit like Sicily. He started forward, he's ended up back. The impact that they can have on a game because they can read the play, he's a beautiful mark, he's as tough as there is in the competition... Uh, and they get to dictate the game a little bit instead of the game being dictated to them. So, yeah, I'd make that move. Where is Bailey Smith playing next year? I don't think he's at the Bulldogs next year. Um, I think he's at Collingwood. I think the relationships that he's built up in the off-season, he's been very public about who he's been hanging out with in the off-season, not that that means that's where you're going to play your football at all. Why wouldn't you, if you're at a team and you're a, a team that you sort of, it's clear he's not really enjoying it, doesn't have the best relationship with um, some of the coaching staff there. And Collingwood, they're flying. Why would you not go there? Yeah, big year for the three out-of-contract players. So Bailey Smith, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's at, at the Bulldogs. Tim English out of contract and Hugo Hagen as well. Big year for Tim English who needs to stand up. He's been excellent. And in the All-Australian conversation... Oh, sorry, was he All-Australian last year? He would have got close. Yeah. He's pretty good. <laughs> I probably should be. Here's yeah. one for you, Kane. You like to throw things around. Tim English, WA boy. I think he's a very, very good ruckman and they're very hard to find. But the one thing Western Bulldogs do have is young tools, uh, especially Darcy, and I'm not sure how they're going to groom him. Do you send him home and get a massive draft? Well, I'm not, I'm not big on paying big money for ruckman. And it's because you can find a very satisfactory ruckman for a small price, like Port Adelaide have found with Soldo, and if you look through the Premiership winning Ruckman, a lot of them have come from other clubs. So if you can get a great pick for him um, as compensation, I'd look at it. Does he command a million dollars to move? Yes. And West Coast would pay that? I think so. You'd yeah. have to pay it if you wanted him. Yeah, and it'd be hard to turn your back on that because I'm not sure the Western Bulldogs can match that. Yep. Confirming, Tommy, uh, Tim English was all Australian. Well done. Tim You're English right. Was all Australian, <laughs> which is good because I was on the all Australian committee that selected. Him. So that's always nice to know. That is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Timmy Terrell missed out, though, didn't he? Okay. Well, that's all the teams. Uh, so, have you followed? Uh, hopefully, you've got some good insight into this. Isaac, Kate, Kane. Thanks very much for Thank joining us. Going to be here all year for in the back pocket, and we hope to put some in your back pocket. Enjoy the season.
What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.